Welcome to the Cool Explorations podcast and radio program with your host, Tony Peters. I hope you'll enjoy today's segment. Welcome to Cool Explorations. I am your host, Tony Peters. Today we have with us Jonathan Hardy, who's the author of the book Arrow Striker. Uh, we'll get into that book in a little bit here. Um, if I sound dopey, I do apologize to everybody. I am on so many pain meds right now. So uh, do forgive me uh, for that. Um, but without further ado, why don't you just introduce us to uh, who Jonathan Hardy is? Well, hey, first, I want to say thanks for uh, the opportunity to hop on here with you today. I'm really excited about our time together. And uh, yeah, so who I am, you know, I uh, my name is Jonathan. I was born and raised in a Christian home and uh, actually grew up uh, basically a church kid. Uh, for those who may be familiar with that language, I mean, I just uh, every time the doors were open, basically, I was uh, there at church. My dad worked for a church. Um, he was the business administrator for the church that I grew up in. And wow. so basically my life um, has been about the Lord and about the church and about the kingdom of God. And um, so during uh, my upbringing, I grew up in, in Des Moines, Iowa. So for the non-U.S. listeners, that's kind of in the middle, um, upper middle part of the United States. And then uh, moved to Springfield, Missouri um, in my college years. And that's more in the middle of the United States there. And uh, so... I uh, grew up there and um, or grew up in Iowa, then moved to Missouri uh, during my college years, uh, went to ended up going to a Bible college in Springfield and then on to seminary as well. And uh, so after that, I um, just shortly I, I started working as an associate pastor at a church here in Springfield and uh, did that for about seven years. And then after that, moved to Kansas City, Missouri. And did uh, help start a new church there for about eight years. It was a part of that. And then we actually moved back to Springfield, Missouri a couple of years later um, or a couple of years ago, excuse me. And um, so, um, yeah, that's kind of a nut- in a nutshell who I am. Um, just love God, love people, want to serve God and help people. Obviously, the book's a part of that, which I know we'll get into. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of that's that's who I am. Yeah. And church planting is, I know, quite a process. Um, uh, we used to, our, our church, uh, we started up a church in, in another, uh, smaller community as well. And we were, we were their sister church and supporting that, the people who are out there pastoring it. We knew them quite well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was quite a process getting that, getting your foot in the door there and really trying to build up a, a congregation while still, um, figuring out, you know, doctrine and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a nobody when you move to a new, exactly. we, we move to a new city and, you know, it's like, no one knows who you are. And yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I have such respect for people who church plant after having gone through it. It is, yeah. it is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. That is for sure. And, you know, I always find it just amazing how, uh, the community can just rally to either together for, um, for your church or they can rally for your church. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, a lot of the churches don't succeed. Part of uh, why they don't succeed is because they don't get proper doctrine set up. Um, I know I've had some people request to be on the podcast, and I've looked at their their church they attend, and there's no doctrine listed on their website anywhere. And I'm like, okay, so what's your church's doctrine? What are your actual beliefs? Yeah. And I think if you don't know what your beliefs are, you're not going to succeed um, yeah. as a church because people are like, well, we want to know what you stand for. Um, other churches have failed because they don't go to the Bible. 
um, which is becoming sadly more and more common amongst churches mm-hmm. um, to not even open the Bible during the whole service. Um, but uh, those are usually the ones that end up not being quite as successful. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I don't bring people on usually when there's no doctor enlisted for their church uh, because uh, you know, it, you don't know what you stand for then. Right. So um, I think that that that's an important thing to remember when, when church planting and that kind of gets, I think that kind of ties into your testimony. Um, you'd mentioned you were, you were a church kid growing up. Um, so you want to just kind of explain, you know, that journey with, with God from the beginning all the way to like where you're currently at, at now with the Lord. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, having grown up in church, I mean, it was pretty um, obvious for me at a very young age that I wanted to become a follower of God. So I actually really first remember at age four, um, kind of praying that prayer with my dad in our uh, in our kitchen, and um, you know, really basically lived for the Lord my entire life. I, I was water baptized when I was around nine years old. And um, really just kind of always loved the Lord. But I will say in about ninth grade, um, I, was four, yeah, I was probably 14, 15 years old, somewhere in there. Um, I was at a youth uh, conference with um, churches from all over the state of Iowa. And um, and I was, the, you know, whoever was preaching, I don't actually remember, but I remember having a time with God and I felt like God was saying to, to um, put him first over basketball. I was a, I was a huge basketball player. I'm, um, I played all the time. I mean, I, I would just, I mean, I, I, I from so morning to evening, I would be in the driveway shooting hoops when I could, uh, especially in the summer without school. And so I just, man, I just, I played all the time and uh, was in lots of leagues and on lots of teams and, and was, was a good athlete. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tall. So that, that was a part of it. And, um, but I, I really felt like the Lord was like, "Hey, you need to put me, put me first. And and so I did. I surrendered, and and I, to the point where I was re- willing to even quit basketball entirely. And my parents were like, "Well, I don't know if that's exactly. They're trying to steer me and help guide me. Is that what God is really asking me to do? And or is it more of just a a prioritization of my life? And so that really began the journey of me putting God first over everything. Um, so even though I was saved and loved God, you know, you're young, you're still trying to learn and, and grow in your faith. And so that was a big defining moment for me from that point forward. I could say that I really have put God first, um, in terms of my priorities and time. And, um, certainly you've, you've mentioned, um, the word and, and, and prayer and stuff like that. And so that's just been such an important part of my life over the years. And so, um, you know, I originally wanted to be, I wanted to go into aerospace engineering. And so my freshman year of college, actually, I was, um, an, an engineering major and that was my plan was to, um, you know, do aerospace, uh, type of career of some sort. And, uh, but then again, I had the Lord more or less say, Hey, put me first here. And, uh, and long story short, I felt like God steered me toward ministry instead and, and using my life for vocational ministry. And uh, so I ended up switching and attending a Bible college to be able to get uh, more Bible uh, training and ministry training. And, uh, you know, but that was just one of those moments again, where I was willing to say yes to God and put him first. And, and I think that's such an important part of our journey is always being willing to make him first priority and, and to let, to have that point where you really will surrender everything so that there's nothing more important than whatever God wants. And certainly I could have made way more money 
um, you know, had a chosen different career. And, yeah. and there's times where we'd be like, oh, man, that would be kind of nice. But, you know, in the end, that's that's not that that stays on Earth and we leave that behind. And what's most important is how we live our life for the kingdom and for God and, and, and whatever he wants us to do. And there's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with having a career that's not a ministry career. Uh, but that just wasn't the path God had me on. Um, now today I'm actually not, I don't work vocationally in a church. Now I, I obviously with the book journey and stuff, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, um, so I think the bottom line for me is my walk with God has been defined by moments where I felt God, I had, I had kind of a, a fork in the road and it was like God saying, are you going to pursue me here and follow me here or go this other route that, you know, might be more of your preference. And so I've always tried to purpose to put him first um and prioritize him and his purposes over everything else and that is such an important thing to to remember because so many people they don't know um where god fits in, in in their life and it's like well it's not about fitting god into your life it's like how does your life fit into your walk with god yeah that that is, is the proper mindset and i like the way that the uh, kendrick brothers um put it in one of their movies where um, I've talked about this in the podcast um, a couple times, but um, a, a guy asked um, this one guy who came to visit him in a hospital room, he asked him who he was. And this guy went into this long spiel, about, you know, who he was and nowhere once did he mention God in mm. uh, like who he was. And the guy's like, well, aren't you a Christian? And the guy's like, well, yeah. And then he's like, okay, so why was God not the first thing you mentioned? Yeah. And uh, I'm like, that is so true. And I came yeah. up with an exercise that I actually sent to uh, my pastor that I thought would be good for for youth groups to go through or even Bible study groups to go through. And that is just sit down and ask them to write down their priorities mm. and, and th- their top 10 priorities. Um, and then when you look at that, then be like, okay, where is God in that list? Yeah. Why is he not number one? Mm-hmm. And it's just about reframing your brain to be like, okay, I have to really think about the fact that I'm a Christian first. Mm-hmm. God, God comes first in my life, mm-hmm. and that that really is about following Him. And I know yeah. both my kids are, are super smart. My son, um, especially, book smart, um, and uh, he was disappointed because he one of his classes he got like an eighty four. And, uh, I'm like, I'm like, 84 is good, kid. (laughs) My, my average was around, well, I was, I was a pretty good student, but I mean, my average was around 84, uh, growing up. I was, it was the 85 club was your target. And I was usually there. I made it a couple of times, but but I was usually at like 84 and I'm like, just outside of that 85 club. I was like, ah, I want that 85. But for him, it's like. Yeah. 84 is a bad mark i'm like yeah i'm like you're doing good kid and yeah. uh you know he talks about so many different things and he's he's interested in archaeology he's interested in marine biology and like all these different things and i'm like i'm like you can do any of that stuff that you want to yeah but one thing i've asked both my kids and i love that you bring up bible school um i've asked them both to attend a year of bible school mm. I'm like, I'm not saying you have to, but I'm like, this is what I'm asking you guys to do. And we went to an event at my alma mater, my my old Bible school. Um, They have a dessert night 
um, every year where they do fundraising. Um, and so we took the kids to this and they both came away excited about Bible school. Cool. And my daughter loves acting and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well then this is the, the Bible school I went to. They have different campuses for different things people focus on. Okay. Music, music and drama is at the one I went to. Um, I, even though I didn't focus on either of those things, I just went because it was close to my where I live. It's 45 yeah. minutes from where I live. Um, but there's another one for wilderness. That's what my son would be interested in. Okay. It's Sunny Bray is what it's called. Um, Miller is the other one um, for um, the Pamburn campus. And it's like, no, so we've asked them both to attend a year of Bible school. Um, we're like, you can go and do whatever you want after that. But I'm just asking that you consider taking a year of Bible school mm-hmm. so that you can have some foundation before you go into a world where they're going to be telling you it's wrong to be Christian. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have that kind of foundation. And we work on, you know, with our kids on foundation as yeah. well. And you're, sure. you're sound like you're very blessed in that with that. Your parents are that way too, in terms of, yeah. in terms of uh, getting the proper foundation, being part of the Absolutely. church. Yeah. Um, and yeah. my son's in a mentorship program at, at our church. Um, and one of the people mentoring him is actually a student that was from our school, but he's now going to the school, Bible school I went to. Um, and I actually walked up to him the other day and I was just like, I was like, thank you for mentoring my son. Yeah. I said, it really, really means a lot to me. And I I know it means a lot to my son. Yeah. Cause I think it's something that in, in any community, we don't recognize our volunteers Mm -hmm. enough and people do, do need to hear that what they're doing is appreciated exactly um, yeah and, and that it does matter and it is making exactly. a difference yeah and that's why i, I and i say that because i want to just you know uh, thank you for being a pastor because i know that can be a thankless job at times um <laughs> so thank you for doing that um yeah. really do appreciate that and helping other christians grow and your book is a great way for that um and that brings us into <clears throat> arrow striker do you want to just yeah. tell us a little bit about Arrow Striker and what inspired you to write it? Sure. Um, first off, I never actually really set out to write a book. Um, you know, I, I I think it was when I was in seminary uh, when I really first started seeing that maybe I I, I was a little gifted in writing and um, and and enjoyed it, and so I kind of started beginning to think, well, maybe this is something that I could see myself doing eventually. Um, and, uh, I had come across the story of second Kings 13, which I know we'll probably dive into more, but it's a short little six verse story of, uh, the King of Israel and, and, um, and the prophet Elisha. And when I had read that story, it just jumped out to me. And it was like, I almost knew immediately that, um, there was a book God wanted me to write based on that story. And, um, and I had read other books. Um, you know, Mark Batterson is an individual that's one of my, um, maybe people that I've kind of been mentored under from a distance just by watching his life and seeing how he's taken a Bible story. And I had read a book he wrote on in a pit with a lion on a snowy day about this story of Benaiah and um, chasing a lion and, and and it built a book on it. And I was like, wow, I could take this second Kings 13 story and, and build a book on it. And uh, it was almost like God just kind of birthed it in me. Um, and so, you know, while I never set out to write it, 
I was just passionate about it. And I was just like, man, I, I almost felt like a burning uh, desire in me to get this message out that I felt like God had birthed in me. And so actually one day I was praying uh, or very early on when this this thought and concept started developing. And I really felt like the Lord basically gave me uh, almost like a divine download. I mean, it was like the chapter outline just flowed. So I grabbed my laptop and I just started typing. And I mean, it just came quickly. And um, I've the heard final that. version, which is which is in print, is not that far off from the original um, chapter outline. Uh, yeah. That was, I was only 25 years old at that time. So there was a little bit of life experience I hadn't had yet that now after, um, you know, I, I published it when I was 40. So that's 15 years later. Um, more life experience allowed me to maybe refine it and get a little more fine tuned. Uh, but really the, the book came about because God more or less put this message in my heart. And I just have a passionate, a passion about this message to help people, uh, live their life with purpose to make a difference right where they are. And, uh, I don't believe people have to change their lives, uh, drastically. I don't believe people have to go move to some crazy, you know, other country just to make an impact. I believe for most people, God wants to use them right where they are to make an impact for the kingdom. And, uh, and so that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and I have heard that um, from so many Christian authors, people who've written Christian books. That it's just like they even one lady said she woke up one one night and she was just like, "This book just was there." It was just like something that it was just like I I just had to start writing, even in the middle of the night, I had to start writing. And uh, she's she's like, it, it didn't seem like it was coming from me. It just seemed like the words just were there. Mm. And I'm like, that's probably how people writing the Bible felt as God was was inspiring them. The Holy Spirit was inspiring them to, yeah. to write. It was just like the words probably just poured out of them. And a lot of them were writing on history. So they had to talk to a lot of different people because that was the way it was. Yep. Originally, it was oral tradition. Um, and it's funny that so many societies were like that afterwards. Right. Uh, and the, the purpose of the book... Uh, how have you seen, um, first of all, you mentioned the purposes slightly, but I'll get you to expand a little bit more on the purpose. But okay. how have you seen that also um, implemented uh, into people's lives uh, in terms of being used for, for God? Yeah. Well, um, so Arrow Striker, the, the subtitle is Live With Purpose and Leave an Eternal Impact Every Single Day. And uh, the whole goal of the book is to help um believers see how they can maximize their life for the kingdom of God and, and fulfill his purposes. Um, like I said, without really having to drastically change their life, without having to um move to some other country or fulfill some specific calling. Um truthfully, all of us have a calling to make a difference and to help see people's lives transformed, to get victories for the kingdom, uh, right where we are. And uh and so the whole idea of the book is just to help people uh, recognize that God wants to use them. And I, and truthfully, I believe that God has more he wants to do through every single person, including you and me. And I don't believe that God is done using our lives where we're at. Um, but sometimes there's things that can stop us short of all God wants to do. And, um, and so the whole idea of the book is to help people realize that there is more that God wants to do. And it's simply a matter of, our willingness, are we willing to say yes to the purposes and the plans that God has not only for our lives, but to work through our lives for the benefit of other people. And uh, whether that's 
uh, sharing the gospel, whether that's sharing your testimony, whether that's even just acts of kindness or acts of generosity. Um, all of these are ways where we can uh, figuratively strike our arrows. And um, I don't know, should I jump into a little bit of the, the Bible story? Would that help uh, now? Or are we going to get to that here in a bit? We'll get to that in a, in a little bit here, but I mean, if you want okay. to touch touch on it a little bit, um, you sure can. Um, I well, know Second Kings thirteen fourteen to twenty is what you're referring to. Um, yes. So maybe if you want to, yeah, if you want to read that, you can you can you can tie that in because I mean, I know it ties in with the whole book. Um, it's kind of your general theme. So maybe if you want to read that, then people know what you're referring to. Sure, I'll re- I'll read that. Uh, it's just six verses. Uh, so in verse 14, uh, 2 Kings 13, starting in verse 14, this is what the Bible says. Now, Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. And King Jehoash of Israel went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. And when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said. And he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said. And he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. And he struck it three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. Elisha died and was buried. And so this is um, just the six verse summary uh, of kind of of the life of Jehoash in some sense. And uh, this is a little bit of his legacy. And and so what I did was I took this physical battle of the Old Testament between Israel and Aram, and I, I directly correlate it to the spiritual battle of life today for us as Christians, because in reality, we're living in a battle. It's, it's a battle of light versus darkness. It's a battle of heaven versus hell, uh, good versus evil. So as Christians, uh, we're uh, soldiers in the Lord's army. In fact, I, as I've been kind of on a little bit of a book tour, I've been out preaching at churches. And one of the things I love to ask churches and the people in the churches is, Hey, does anyone remember the old Sunday school song? I'm in the Lord's army. And, uh, so <laughs> one of I don't the few know if, songs I remember from going. Yeah. Out yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, some people do, some people didn't grow up in church and, and that's fine. So I, you know, I kind of like to just play play along with that, but you know, the, the reality is we are in the Lord's army. We're believe as believers. And, uh, you know, as a result, um, our responsibility, um, as soldiers in the Lord's army or you, you know, second Corinthians five, I think it's verse two uh, indicates that we are Christ's ambassadors. Um, and you know, so we have this partnership that we have with God where he uses our lives to make a difference in order to get a victory for the kingdom of God. So just like this old Testament battle where Jehoash was to strike his arrows in order to get a victory for the nation of Israel, uh, we have an opportunity to figuratively strike our arrows, as I talk about in the Bible, in order to get victories for the kingdom of God. And, and that, that's fulfilling, um, his purposes for our lives. That's doing what I was saying earlier, whether it's sharing the gospel, acts of kindness, words of encouragement, generosity. Uh, you could go down the list of all the ways God could use our lives to make a difference for the kingdom. And, um, and we might not, well, we see the fruit of, of the seeds that are planted, but we have to know that every opportunity we have is another opportunity for us to strike our arrows, as I say, uh, so that we can, um, get that victory for the kingdom. And so you asked about how God's been using it. You know, it's been really neat to see. I've had lots of stories, emails coming in from people who really, they, they, 
they weren't even necessarily sitting on the sidelines, although some people had been kind of sitting on the sidelines um, and maybe not fulfilling all that God wanted to do through them. Um, and they were maybe a little bit more focused on just their life. And um, and there was some there was one lady in particular. Uh, she was serving at her local church. She was part of the worship team. So she would sing on stage. Uh, and yet God had been speaking to her about more that he wanted to do through her life uh, because she had gone through some trauma and some tough experiences, ended up um, getting divorced because of all the past circumstances of things that were happening. Uh, and so she kind of sat on the sidelines in this particular era because she had this belief about herself that because she's a divorced Christian woman who's got this messy past, that God might not be able to really fully use her um, to the full extent that that she was kind of sensing. Um, but I praise the Lord. She read the book and she said, hey, you know what? Now's the time. And I, I recognize that I had to change my belief about who I am and, and how God views me. And as a result, she has begun to pursue um, this calling, really, that God has been leading her to do to help other women who've gone through some of the similar circumstances she has. Uh, so that's just one of the stories. But it's just fun to be able to see how God can use people's life, even despite their past mistakes, despite the trauma they've experienced. Uh, sometimes people's life didn't quite pan out from this point to to the in the past to this point uh, the way they thought it might. And um and that can cause us to maybe stop short of what God wants to do through us. And that's the whole that's the whole premise is I just want to help people see how they don't have to stop short. Now, even though Jehoash in this story did stop short, um, we can learn from from that and uh, and keep on going. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I thought of was was Jonah when you're speaking, because so many people we we, we can be like Jonah. Uh, where yep. God's God's clearly calling us to something, and we're pretty sure that's what God's calling us to, but we don't really want to. It's inconvenient. Yeah, uh, it's not the right time. Um, you know, but uh, it's that that willingness to, like you say, to to be like, okay, God, the, the this is what you this is what you want. I'll do it. Yep. Um, and just being being willing to to say that because God does give us free will. Uh, yep. We've been blessed with with, with free will, uh, blessed and cursed. I, I think it's both uh, <laughs> free will. Uh, and uh, so we do have that that choice. We don't have to follow God. We don't have to do what He is asking us to do. Yeah. But when we choose to, it really improves our relationship with God. And you don't know the impact that you might have on someone's life. Right, um, and you may never see the impact that you've had on someone's life, but just walking a godly Christian life, it can really have a a strong impact on on other people. They can be like, "There's something different about this person." Yeah, and um, I'd rather be that 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 person that when people see me, that they're like, "There's something different." Yeah, R- rather than that person being like, "Oh, oh, you know, he's just like everybody else." You know. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, society is so corrupt that. You really, I'd rather not be associated with it anyway. Thank you for listening to the Cool Explorations podcast and radio program. I hope that you've enjoyed today's segment, and uh, I hope that you'll consider supporting us at uh, Cool Explorations on Patreon, as well as uh, you can shoot me an email at tpeter745 at gmail.com if you'd like to support in other ways other than Patreon. <laughs>